the 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 yeah the the uh, bus stop. So so the, the scene that was created by the two two players. I'm 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 trying to figure out what exactly the trigger was. I think it was just tensions boiling over yeah. into mm. the dressing room. Chancellor Mbamba, the captain. I, I mean, throughout. And the thing is, there's a very interesting history between. Congo and DR, uh, DR Congo and Morocco. They face each other way too many times. Yeah. And the rivalry also extends even to club football mm. with TP Mazembe and mm. a lot of mm. Moroccan football clubs. So they've known each other for a long time. So, you know, and it was, uh, it was, uh, it was very ugly scenes. But yet again, it's that kind of entitlement mentality of Morocco thinking that you know we World Cup semi-finals we should be winning or we should be beating you mm. no you don't deserve it yeah and according to you the script definitely has changed yes. and this is the evidence it's an afcon you have to deserve <laughs> it <laughs> well let's get down to South Africa the Bafana Bafana uh, you know the giants of 1996 uh, and 1998 who are now waking up after that results that they recorded against Namibia well Pesci Tau he missed a penalty the first time this time he he buried it well. But question is, you know, the opposition. Um, others will also say, listen, the opposition doesn't matter. What is important is that the good football was played, the goals were scored, and a certain level of points have been secured. Well, I think I'll give them more credits for this because mm. for anyone who watched South Africa throughout the qualifiers, their top scorer in the qualifiers didn't turn up at the AFCON because he told the coach he had mental health issues that he needed <laughs> yes. to sort out. Now, in the, pre, the press conference before the tournament started, Hugo Bruce said that he needed to tweak his tactics that he had used for the past 24 months because his team was now a bit more reliant on Winkley and the players who occupy wide, pos wide positions. He needs center forwards who can, the ball can bounce off, draw teammates into play, and then give them an element of variety to their attack. First game, things didn't go well particularly. In that second game, they answered all of the critics, and I think that they were full value for the money. Mm. Um, South Africa, with this performance, definitely have to, you know, give a good account of themselves as we go along. Because yeah, um, three points now for them. Mm -hmm. uh, their last group game, uh, they, I think a, a draw would be enough for them. The question is whether or not they can actually get a draw against Tunisia. Against Tunisia, who themselves are struggling uh, in this competition. Um, you're not going to believe this that after two match days, Algeria have no win. Tunisia have no win. Have no win. Egypt. Egypt have no win. Ghana. Ghana has no win. Cameroon. <laughs> Cameroon has no win. So that is the Afcon and, we're and dealing that with. Message, that <laughs> message from uh, Samuel Eto. Yeah. That tough message from Samuel Eto to yeah. years ago. Which we are now being told that it was fake. It was, it a, was fake a fake coach. Yeah. It sounded. It sounded exactly because yeah. he's done it before, right? Yeah. There's a video of him mm. at the World Cup mm. talking Leading to the, the players in that exact same tone about you know the patriotism and you have to put everything you've done at your club. As, you know, and somebody just sat down and cried. Yeah, but but because because you know the reference to them being born outside of Cameroon, I thought was so low. No, but and, so, but mean, that was what gave it away, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I was thinking. But the reality is that. This is the truth of Cameroon. It is. They have, in the past, been in situations where Samoleto himself has had to call out the commitments, the application of some of these players, who he says that because they have not been forged or they have not forged the national team character, 
they do not understand the ethos of the team, it is difficult for them to push themselves to go the extra mile. Oh. When we say these things in Ghana, people think that we're throwing nonsense about. But the reality is that national teams require more than just the natural talent to play. Absolutely. You need to understand the ethos of the team. You need to reflect the aspirations of the people and the values with which the national team is run with. Otherwise, you, see, you can't produce what you don't have. So long and short is that this indomitable Lions team we are seeing, we've seen better. We sure have seen better. Yeah, of course. Guys, let's look at the uh, situation with Mo Salah, Liverpool and Egypt. Um, Mo Salah sent a very big message to all of his fellow teammates who are playing in big leagues, including the English Premier League. And we used him as an example to criticize other players and yeah. all of that. Now it's looking, you know... He's not a very popular man in Egypt right now. Um, obviously, already there were lots of doubts hanging over, over him. Uh, but more, even more importantly, his legacy in Egypt was always a big matter of discussion uh, on the Egyptian media, among the Egyptian fans. Where is the legend? Look, one thing is clear. Mohamed Salah is Egypt's biggest footballer by a mile. And I'm talking global recognition, I'm talking uh, global appeal, global fame. Salah is literally nothing Egypt have ever produced before in the history of all Egyptian football. And I don't even think that is debatable. Okay. However, in Egypt, your legacy is not determined by how popular you are, Around how well you've done at Liverpool. You, you, you have to have bathed yourself yes. in the waters. And so in Egypt, it's always fighting for that recognition. His legacy is not cemented if he doesn't win the Afghan, especially in Egypt, and to a certain extent, even on the African continent. Because there are Egyptian players who have won four Afghan titles, like Ahmed Hassan, okay? There are Egyptian players who have won three Afghan titles, two Afghan titles. He's been to two Afghan finals. He's lost both of them. And until he actually wins the Afghan, there will always be that big question mark regarding his legacy, especially when it comes to Egyptian football. This year should have been, could have been that year for him. Unfortunately, after what happened in the game against Ghana where he pulled out injured, it's now looking very unlikely that Egypt will win the Afghan title. Now, to make matters worse, he's decided that Egyptian authorities or doctors or medical staff are not in a position where they can take adequate care of him. So Liverpool and Egypt have decided he can go back to England. Okay, Maybe that is best for the player. But in the eyes of the general public, in the eyes of the Egyptian people, abandoning the national team at this critical moment and going away to Liverpool and now saying that if the team reaches the semi-finals, he would come back to play, looks like it is a very, very difficult, complicated situation. How about you fly Liverpool doctors down here to take care of him while he's with the team and provided their motivation? Because he's decided to stay back. Even though he can't play tonight's game, he has decided to stay back for tonight's game so he can motivate the players in coach. Well, a very, very uh, tough set of circumstances. Um, it's a very yeah, tricky situation. Very, very tricky. And I know that, I mean, we've lived in, in moments here in Ghana, for instance, where when you didn't have an Abedi Pele in the camp, yeah. it took something away. Yeah. No matter how much talk he does once he is not physically in the camp 
or physically on the pitch. It takes something away from the black side. We used to see that a lot. Yeah. Um, so there it is. Unfortunate. Uh, he's still young. He's still got time. The biggest player at the AFCON. He's still got time, but the longer this drags, the more, finals, more difficult it becomes. The more final Salah plays without winning. It may get to a point where winning the AFCON may not even put him in the conversation because Abu Trika has 100% record. Four AFCON appearances, four AFCON titles. Osama son the same. Ahmed Hassan. Those are legacies that you won't touch with one AFCON title. Certainly not with these circumstances. Because at the end of the day, Salah's decision in this ought to have reflected a certain appreciation of the delicate relationship he had with the Egyptian press, the Maghrib Arabian world, and an attempt to fix that. Right? And so, if Mohamed Salah had told Liverpool that, you know what, fly the team doctor to Ivory Coast. And as far as I'm concerned, unless, of course, there is a surgery or some peculiar yes. treatment that the facilities in the Ivory Coast may not have, what really is the import of asking Salah to go when you could send a doctor? So we, we don't have the benefit of that we now. Do, so, we? well, we'll leave it at that because, yeah. so you know. So maybe some yeah. rehab equipment Probably that they don't have. That they don't have. So, so we'll leave it. And put his legs yeah. inside. We'll leave it here. When, we get down, when you get down to the bottom of it, we'll yeah. bring this subject back. Um, gentlemen, um, Guinea. Guinea found themselves performing well, yeah. doing what was most important, and then their fans. Such story. Um, I think that this, this was a, a situation where they had exceeded expectations. And it is crazy to even suggest that because they are doing well recently. They, they made it out of the group in 2015, 2019, and 2021. So getting four points out of possible six in, in the first two games should not be something that will push them into delirium. But according to the police reports, there were a number of road accidents involving cars, and all of these were in areas where the fans were celebrating. And, so, so, I, and I wanted you to give the context, yeah. which we don't have. Mm. Four so, Guinean fans. No, I mean, six of them have died. Six Guinean fans yes. have died yes. celebrating Guinea's win against Zambia. Exactly. This is a story you're discussing. This is a story. And according to the police reports, there were a number of road accidents. Each of them had overzealous fans or overly excited fans literally standing on cars, some of them on the bonnets of cars and all of that. And when the cars collided, unfortunately, in one instance, four of them died on the spots. And this, this was the situation. And it's crazy because they've been doing well, like I've said. And the expectation was that tomorrow against Senegal, they might get something that would push them to the next round of the competition. Even if they, they lose that game with four points, I think they, they can still qualify. But it's a sad story. Hopefully, the team is able to get the results that will uh, give them some excitement again because they sent about 1,000 spectators to Cote d'Ivoire for this one. And it looks like if they made, make it to the next round, we might be seeing even more funds because Guinea to Ivory Coast is, is, is not too much of a distance for them to make. These are things we well, used to see with Kotoko and Haas, wasn't it? You know, and it was happening a big deal. It was a great deal. Yeah. Uh, I remember a story of, um, you know, former IBF, uh, you know, former WBA welterweight champion, Ike Bazooka Kwate, who used to tell me stories about following a crowd, Hearts traveling beyond the Togo border when they had, uh, Hearts had to play in the CAF Champions League against the Togolese side, some of the experiences and all of that. And these things maybe need to be brought back. But, you know, it's all within context. But um, while we pray for if the repose of the souls... 
Pento <laughs> 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 has always wanted to do a road trip, so yes. he has an excuse now. He, he would have an excuse. Yeah. We want to do Toloku. You understand? I've never, I've never seen Toloku since. You know what? We have to. <laughs> I want to feed Soloku. At this point, feet. at this point, at this point, we have to issue a disclaimer on the statement. Oh, my, wife, so. my wife and I have had a conversation about. She said, if we win the AFCOR mm -hmm. on that one occasion, you have to allow you to go and treat Soloku. And you if you go there, you can treat Manus. Ah, the Soloku. You are free to do it. I know many people will ask for a repeat of this show because of this. And we're on three big platforms Joy FM, Joy News, and Joy Prime, according to Fred Twitter. Anyway, Charlie, are you still on this matter? Anyway, I don't know what it's like. Nat, were you there in 1982? Well, we'll discuss that later, you know. <laughs> I think Achu, Achu was uh, doing his national service in <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, talk about that. We're zooming in on the Africa Cup of Nations experience for the Black Stars. It's a crucial day. It's uh, a destiny Monday, as I've decided to describe it, for various reasons. The fact that uh, calculations have to go right from a Ghanaian context so that the Black Stars can see their way through the group stage. Now, Fento will be taking us through uh, a few calculations, something you've all been looking forward to. I mean, I've had loads and loads of people approach yeah. me from when I did drop off this morning of my, my, my kids in school, and I've, I've had meetings earlier today. Everybody's just asking, so are they going to go through what will be the conditions? We're going to bring them to you here. Uh, on AFCON today, and Fento is going to take care of that. We'll look at the various, you know, uh, scenarios that could play out later this evening. And do remember, these games will also be played simultaneously. Yeah. Um, this was instituted uh, some years ago so that there is no form of, you know, uh, spiking up or any form of uh, conspiracy uh, to turn around uh, the rules of fair play in the game of football. Okay, so, gentlemen, Ghana versus... Uh, Mozambique. Now, their head coach has been speaking, and he he's a legend of, 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 of Mozambique. Now, you look at the recent era, and this is one player who's played a successful striker, who's played in three AFCONs. Um, you know, he's played for the national team. He's uh, played very good, successful club football in some of the big clubs in, in Portugal. And aside the name Eusebio, his name is very much revered, you know, and he has this, this very big task. Now, he's been showing respect and he's also been telling us that they're going to come as tough customers. Yeah. Uh, and he would have inspiration from, uh, from Comoros, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. uh, from uh, 2021 AFCON, where Ghana, vu moment really, where Ghana needed to win that last group game um, against a supposed Minos. And then we went in there and then we lost the game. Uh, Andrea, you got red carded in the first half and things just fell apart. So... Um, I think, and that's the nature of football. Like, it's very unpredictable, and things can change, and the momentum can swing by one singular moment. You know, so hopefully we can avoid that. I think, you know, I was one of those people that said we have, uh, as we said on one other podcast platform, we're previewing the game, and I said I thought that there were the Mozambicans had done too much in the draw against Egypt. Egypt that I thought they were not going to do well against Kivet and I was sports on they went and they lost miserably to Kivet because and that tends to happen with inexperienced teams uh, where they exert too much into a certain game 
and then they get the result and it, it's hard for them to keep that up and do it again in the next game. Um, so I think that against Ghana, they might be recovering from that crestfallen defeat against Kivet. And so it's going to be a very cheeky, very difficult game uh, for sure. And I hope uh, that the Blasters would go there and show the same momentum and the same character and hunger they showed at the Egypt. I absolutely believe, Nat, that if we play at the same level that we played against Egypt, we would beat them. The question is, will we be at that level? Well, that's the very big question we would all want to answer. Unfortunately, that answer lies beyond 8pm tonight. And so... Uh, our tournament correspondent as well has been doing a bit of nosing around, moving around, getting into the camp and all of that, and has put together a report for this particular game. Uh, while we go along as well, we're just going to chip in on the Daniel Amate situation that we heard about. You did hear about you know, him deleting a post of him on national team duty from his Instagram account, um, somewhere also rumoring that you know he was not too happy. We're going to take all of that from here, bring you all uh, the authentic news from here. So that's the reason why you have to stay with us. And once again, greetings to all of our friends who are joining us via our stream on YouTube from all over the world. Thank you so much for making us your number one when it comes to the reviews, the previews, and the solid analysis on the ongoing Africa Cup of Nations. Now, we'll take you to uh, our man, Muftao Nabila Abdullahi, who's been on the ground and has put together the following report ahead of the game. Welcome to the stadium, or they call it the Olympic Stadium, in Ebimpe. People say it is a calm before the storm. But even before the storm, Avorians are getting ready for their contest, their final group game in this competition against Equatorial Guinea. Um, they had a perfect start as host nations, but unfortunately, their second game against Nigeria ended in defeat. So... They are also reeling from exiting this competition. So what it means is that they must pick maximum points in their game against Equatorial Guinea, a side that held Nigeria in their opening game and also won their second group game. So at this point, well, it is a facility that will be shared by both teams. So if Cote d'Ivoire should win, many people actually believe that there will be massive atmosphere behind the Black Stars against Mozambique later tonight. And it is a game that will define the future of Ghana in this year's African Cup of Nations and in this very facility. Maybe have actually said that Ghana does not have the good luck of traveling out of its usual venues. But others do disagree. You can go back to the 2010 World Cup. When Ghana traveled out of its venue to the soccer city, they lost against Germany. When they went again to the soccer city for the quarterfinal against Uruguay, the team lost once again. But people actually believe that if the Stade de Felix was a facility that did not give Ghana the best of luck in this tournament, probably a Bimpe would be the ground where Ghana will be picking its first points in this year's African Cup of Nations. Like I said, it is a calm before the storm. With Tao Nabila Abdullah for Joy Sports. All right. My left. All right. Discussing a few extracurricular activities, uh, you know, uh, Fento has already given himself away with that one. I'm not going to refer to it. You didn't hear it from me. You heard it from him. But, you know, we're just talking about, 
you know, uh, fan experiences at our respective stadia and what we should learn from uh, the advanced, you know, markets when it comes to football. Well, that's also another very big discussion for another day. But Muftar Abila Abdullah has just given us a full feel of what's happening on the ground right now. Uh, the fans going ahead of time because obviously they're very anxious. They're looking forward to seeing their respective teams deliver. Mm. And, I mean, in, in the host nation, definitely the home fans are really praying that it goes well because Nigeria wanted to, you know, poke, <laughs> poke their balloon. Well, let's, let's uh, get down to the business, yeah, the yeah. calculation business now. Guys, I want you to tell me, what is, what is it? Now, we win by two goals, three goals. We pray that, uh, you know, I, I want you guys to let me into it. Yeah. I mean, many people are also asking. So, uh, take it over, guys. So, this is, this is it. Actually, um, so, listen, I wasn't even going to do this, but like you said, the sheer number of requests. Mm. And just before we came on air, I got a phone call from, uh, from, um, from my very good friend, <laughs> teacher, senior, and uh, boss, uh, 